0: Ahop TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. I want to read you scripture today as we begin a new month. And, you know, this is the month where the world celebrates Valentine's Day. We celebrate love all year round. Uh, but, you know, I want to read you the scripture here because it, it's sticking out to me in this season. First Peter 4, verse 12. Beloved, somebody say that's me. Oh, y'all gonna have to help me today. So, uh, Beloved, somebody say that's me. Oh, that's better. Beloved, do not be surprised. At the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though some strange thing happened to you. I've read that over and over over the years. Beloved, don't be surprised at this fiery trial. Don't be surprised because I don't know about you, but every time a fiery trial comes my way, I'm surprised. It seems to catch me off guard. Not always. Sometimes you see things brewing. Sometimes you see things uh, sort of percolating in the spirit. But many times it's an absolute blindside. This thing just comes out of nowhere. Your car is running fine. Now it's not. You don't have the money to pay it. Layoffs happen at work. You don't have a job. And bad things usually come in threes. It's not just a word from the world. It's a word from the Lord. Job had three Hits right in a row. Beloved, don't think it's strange, this fiery trial that has come upon you to do what? To test you. To test you as though some strange thing happened to you. God doesn't bring the trials, beloved. He doesn't bring the trials, but He allows them. He allows them. And I've learned over the years that when trials come, they come for several reasons. They come because it's time for you to learn how to extend your faith at another level. You know, the Bible speaks of fighting the good fight of faith. And when you fight and win, you get a prize. When you fight and win, you get a crown, you get a belt, you get a trophy. Today's Super Bowl Sunday. The winner will get a trophy. When you win, when you go through the battle and you go to the other side in victory, when you come through the trial you come out in victory you come out with more faith than you had before the trial so don't think it's strange you come out with a promotion you want to get promoted in the spirit usually there's a trial associated with it I wish that it wasn't so but that's the way that it is you want to get promoted to 10th grade you have to pass ninth grade you want to get promoted to college you got to pass the 12th grade so these tests these trials they come they're part of life but when you pass them You get a promotion, you get an upgrade, your faith is bolstered, you grow in the Lord. As a matter of fact, I will tell you truthfully that I have grown more in the Lord through times of trial than through times on the mountaintop. I have grown more in those times where I was so desperate because I did not have the answer in my heart. I did not know what to do in my own mind. And I cried out to God. It causes you to press into him or it causes you to run away from him. And today I'm going to encourage you to press into him. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us today to understand that trials must come. That trials will come. But that you are always ready and able and willing to help us to walk through the fieriest of fiery trials, those bone crushing, excruciating trials that we all face at points in our lifetime. You are there. You are ready. God, help us to get that out of this message today the faith to believe you in the trial. In Jesus' name. Let me just take a quick survey. How many of you are going through a trial right now? Wow. How many of you are not being honest? amen John 1613 Jesus says in this world you will have tribulation you will have trials but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world if you're not going through a trial now I'm, I'm glad I'm happy but there will be a trial and when you go through that trial when you walk through that place I want you to remember some of these words and I hope they echo in your heart today because when you're going through a trial a fiery trial it can feel like the world is crashing in around you and you don't know which way to turn or where to look you can feel very helpless when you're going through a trial but the reality is is that God is your helper you are not helpless because the helper lives on the inside of you when you're going through a trial you feel like nothing nothing is ever going to change You cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't know which way to go. And it seems like this is a forever moment. But the reality is that the only thing that will never change is God. Everything else is subject to change. There is a beginning and an end to every trial. I assure you, beloved, maybe you've been walking through something for years and years and years. And you say, well, that's easy for you to say. You don't know what I've been through. It's not easy for me to say. It's not easy for me to do. But it's still true. Trials are not easy. When you go through trials, you can feel like there's no way of escape. But the truth is, and the reality is, is that Jesus is your way of escape. When you go through trials, you can feel like people are letting you down because you want them to be for you or say to you or have for you something that you need that they can't give you, something that only God can give you. And you feel like people around you are letting you down. But the reality is, if you turn to God, he will not ever let you down and he will not ever let you go. Come on, somebody say amen. But sometimes when we go through trials, we do feel like God is letting us down. Sometimes we go through dark nights of the soul, through the fiery trial, through the tribulation. And we are convinced by the enemy of our soul that God is not there, that he does not hear our cries, that he's nowhere to be found. But this is a lie of the enemy. Don't get mad at God in the midst of your trial. And if you do, get over it quickly because he is your source. He is the one who will bring you to the other side and he can speed it up. I know sometimes it feels like it's going to go on forever, but God can change things in an instant in the twinkling of an eye in a moment. And the devil always likes to kick you when you're down, when you're going through trials. So you have to be very intentional. Somebody say intentional. You have to be intentional about what you think about. You have to be intentional about what you do with your time. You have to be intentional about what you say. You know, when Job went through his trial, it was one of the worst trials I see recorded in the Bible. Other than the Lord Jesus Christ hanging on a cross, being beaten, whipped, bruised, and bloodied. It was one of the worst trials ever. But Job, he cursed himself. He wouldn't curse God, but he cursed himself. He spoke ill of himself. He cursed the day that he was born. Many times when we go through trials, we get under condemnation because we see the part that we played in it. Many times we get into guilt and shame and we don't think God will be there to help us because we think I brought this on myself. The reality is, even if you did bring it on yourself, beloved, God is still with you. He has promised never to leave you or forsake you. He has promised to make all work, all things together for the good to those who love you and are called according to his purposes. And that's you. So whatever you're going through today, I want you to chin up. I want you to buck up and I want you to stand tall knowing that your God has your back. And if you're not going through a trial right now, remember, because you will. And I'm not prophesying over you. I'm just telling you what the word says. So how do you endure it? How do you get through these excruciating trials? I found a lot of things in the book of Hebrews, a lot of lessons. I'm going to share a few of these with you today. Number one, draw near to God. Draw near to God. See, because we might at some point, especially as a trial goes on, we tend to draw away from him instead of near him. We tend to flesh out. We tend to uh, surround ourselves with escape mechanisms, entertainment, things that get our mind off the pain, dull the heartache, dull the, the, the mind traffic. We have to face the real world at some point. We must draw near to him because he has the answers and the provision. Beloved, don't wait till you get rock bottom in the middle of your trial to cry out to God. Don't wait until it's so desperate. Don't try to figure it out on yourself. Turn to him immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately, immediately turn to him. You know, I wasn't always saved. I think if you'd asked me to, I believe in Jesus, I would have said yes, but... I wasn't really living for him and I hit rock bottom when I went to jail falsely accused of a crime I didn't commit I hit rock bottom I got saved and I started crying out to God because I was facing a five-year prison sentence God vindicated me wiped the record clean they ruled it a gross error of justice but I learned in that moment that he was the way the truth and the life and whatever it was I was going through, there's few things I could deal with that would have been as bad as losing my freedom. How many of you know you can deal with a lot of issues, but if you lose your freedom, that's a big deal. Your freedom and your health are two of the biggest issues of different uh, the two of the biggest trials that you can make have. But when I got out of jail, you know the trial wasn't over it wasn't over the trial wasn't over it was just beginning I was born in adversity and I was born for adversity I was born again in warfare and I was born for warfare I got out of jail and everything I had was gone it was this was a trial I lost everything I got it I had nothing I was very prosperous I had a lot of money but I had lost everything during the period of time that I was in jail and I had to go stay with my parents and as an adult it's not something you want to have to go back and do You kind of rejoice at some level the day you get your ultimate freedom. You can you leave your socks hanging around if you want to and not do your laundry for a week. You can do whatever you want. You're free. When you're growing up in your parents' house, there's all kinds of rules. I had to go back to my parents' house and they weren't saved at the time. And they didn't like it that I was. Now, this is a trial. How many of you know you get out of jail, you lose everything, you have nowhere to go, you're staying with your parents and they're mocking your faith and they're angry And they said this is jailhouse religion you'll come to your senses and they're contending with me over what I believe the very people that birthed me the people I love more than anything else are coming against me this is a trial and I couldn't escape I had nowhere to go I didn't have any money this is a trial and so I learned very early on to draw near to God because the same God I drew near to in that jail cell when I was about to lose my freedom was the same God that I cried out to when I was in my parents house when I had no resources and I was stuck in a situation that was intolerable I would actually get up in the morning before my parents woke up and just drive around for a couple hours until they left the house just to avoid the conflict because I didn't want to argue back but I had to give an answer from my faith and I remember one night I was crying out to God. I was sitting over a, a chair. I was leaned over a chair and it was dark and crying out to God for answers, crying out to God for solutions, crying out to God for just anything, a word. And I fell asleep over the chair. And I fell asleep and I, I, I was suddenly awoken by a voice. And that voice said, stay calm. Be patient. Your time is coming and i did not realize it in that moment i thought it was my father because it sounded like it was in the room it sounded like someone was standing right next to me but it was the lord And he gave me a promise in that time, in that time of intense trial, in that time where I lost everything that was dear to me except my daughter, in that time when I didn't know what to do or what I was ever going to do for money, how I was going to survive, when I didn't know anything but God is good, he spoke to me and he gave me a promise. And if you're going through a trial, if you're going through immense pressure, if you're going through a season where you feel like you're being crushed and you've got nothing to hold on to, you can hold on to God and you can cry out to him and he'll give you a promise to amen draw near to God Hebrews 10 verse 19 through 22 therefore brothers we have confidence somebody say confidence you've got to have confidence in your God and who he is we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way that he has opened for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and since we have a high priest over the house of God Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us draw near in faith, not near out of religion, not near out of uh, even desperation. That's fine to go to him in desperation, but let your desperation be mixed with faith that he can actually do something about what you're going through and that he wants to. Trials can test our faith and it can be hard to believe that anything is going to change in the face of impending circumstances. But James 4 and 8 makes us a promise. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Sometimes you've got to take the first step. God is as close to you as you want him to be right now. And he'll come closer and closer and closer. And he is your comforter and he is your helper. Even if you're mad at God, you're going to have to get over it because he's waiting for you James 5 and 13 says is anyone suffering among you let him pray and many time when you're when you're going through a trial you don't feel like praying you're worn out you're worn down that is why you have to do number two which is run for cover You've got to run for cover when you don't feel like praying, when you can't read your Bible, when you're watering your pillow with tears, when you cannot see straight, you have to run for cover. You have to run to those of like precious faith from who you can receive counsel, from who you can receive prayer and comfort. When you're going through a trial, the enemy will try as hard as he can to get you to run away from the people who will pray for you and who will stand with you and who will counsel you. He'll try to get you to run. He will always try to get you to run. Don't be too proud to admit that you need help. We're all a family and we all suffer trials and we all go through situations where we can't get through it ourselves. God made us to need each other. He made us to need each other. Your right hand needs your left hand. I know some people who have amputations get along just fine, but it's not as easy as it could be. You might get along fine by yourself for a season, but it could be a lot easier if you would just reach out and grab the hand of someone else who has been through a similar issue, who knows the way through, who can counsel you and comfort you and pray for you and help you see the victory in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, when I was little, I broke my leg twice. I was in a full body cast twice. I broke my leg twice. The first time I broke my leg, I was I was a very shy, shy, shy child. I wanted a skateboard so bad. And this was in the seventies and those little skateboards were just becoming very popular. And I wanted one so bad, and my mother's like, No, you're not getting one of those. You're gonna break your leg. I'm like, I'm not. I want one. I've gotta have this thing. All my friends have one. Please, please, please. So they relented and they got me this little skateboard. And I was going down the hill, and just having a blast. And it was, I was like, haha, I'm not getting hurt. My mommy's wrong, you know? And I heard my mom screaming from across, hey, come home, time for dinner. And this was the old days, you know, when we could play in the area. We, we could just not have to worry about getting snatched up and stuff. Like, not like today. <laughs> we got to watch our kids keep up. We could just play. And, and so I just got, I was skateboarding home and my wheel on my skateboard got caught in a thicket, in a crack, in the sidewalk, and flipped me over, and I hit my head. And you know in the cartoons how they act like you see stars? I really saw stars. It's a real thing. And I woke up, and when I woke up, I couldn't move my leg. I was seven years old. I couldn't move my leg. Just, I, I didn't know what was wrong. It didn't occur to me it was broken. I was just a kid. I had no idea. And so I laid there, like, not knowing what to do and not saying anything to anybody. I just laid there and laid there. I just laid there. I just laid there. I didn't call out for help. I just laid there in pain, suffering. And finally, one of the neighbor boys, they were playing football and a couple yards over, and they noticed that I had been laying there for a while. And they came over, and they said, what's the matter with you? I said, I don't know. I can't can't move my leg. And they went and got my mother, and they took me to the hospital, and I... Was put in traction and on and on and on and my grandmother gave me some wisdom that I'll never forget my grandmother gave me some wisdom that I apply even to my life now my grandmother said she said daughter if this ever happens to you again if you ever get in trouble I feel my spirit jumping if you ever get into trouble if you ever face a situation where you're hurt and you can't get up if you ever deal with an issue where you're in trouble and you can't get out of it she says you scream your head off till somebody notices and I've learned that lesson in my life. And it's translated over because even now as an adult, if I'm going through a trial and I can't break through, if I'm going through a situation, if I'm hurt and wounded and I cannot find a way to receive the healing power of God, you better believe I'm going to begin crying out till somebody comes and helps me because I'm not going to stay in that position. I'm not going to let the devil win. And I know that we are meant to walk together as a body and as a family. Amen. You've got to run for cover. Don't run away from the people who can help you. That's what pride does because they don't want to see, they don't want you to see them in that. I I don't care. If I'm hurting, somebody's going to help me. Praise God. Bless you. Whether you're facing financial troubles or mind battles or issues with your kids, run for cover to the church family instead of complaining to your hairdresser or to your coworkers who don't know Jesus. Bring it to the church. Bring it to the church. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to spur one another to love and to good works. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. In other words, don't stop coming to church let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but let us exhort one another especially as you see the day approaching and that day is capital D and that means especially as you see the end times progressing when there will be more trials there will be more darkness there will be more people turning away from the Lord there will be more prodigals I'm not being negative I'm being real read the Bible in the last days it says mother will turn against daughter and daughter against mother and brother against sister and in the same household there will be division so we have to band together and your spiritual family in some cases may be stronger than your natural family but you run for cover run to the people that can help you number three don't make dumb choices turn to your neighbor and say don't make dumb choices don't make dumb choices when you're in the midst of the trial many times you're tempted to sin to do what you all, you know you ought not do For comfort you're tempted to sin with your mouth you're tempted to sin you know with what you watch on TV the music listen to many times you'll tend to backslide when you're going through a trial when you're not leaning on the Lord it will listen people around you will notice if they have any discernment because you'll start to come to church with clothing that is torn and ripped and shirts that are not wrinkled and hair that is not fixed and makeup that's all jacked up it shows in your appearance when you begin to backslide And if you don't turn to the Lord and if you don't run for cover, you will end up running away from the Lord, backsliding, sinning. And we must not make these dumb choices. We all have weak spots. You can't withdraw from the world because you're in a fiery trial. You can't go back to Egypt to escape the pain. You can't sit and have a pity party and forsake your responsibilities. You've got to keep going. Listen, it is not easy all the time for me to continue to run an international ministry, touching people around the world, going and moving and and preaching in all of these different nations. I still have problems in my life at times that I have to deal with. But I can't just cancel conferences and cancel TV shows, because I'm having a bad season and neither should you that's how you build strength and that's how you build character when you keep on doing the right thing even when the wrong thing is happening to you when you keep on doing what God has called you to do even when you feel like you're dying on the inside even when you water your bed with tears at night you wake up in the morning and you wash your face and you say I am going to keep going because this is the will of God for my life and I'm going to trust him that somehow some way he's gonna make all the wrong things right he's gonna make the crooked places straight and if my God is for me, then who can be against me? And you keep on going in Jesus' name. You can't just lay down and quit. You can't stop. No matter who stabs you in the back, no matter who walks away, no matter who calls you what, you have to keep going. Don't make dumb choices. The dumbest choice you can make, well, there's two of the, two of the dumbest choices you can make are to run from God and to quit. And that are the two biggest temptations in the midst of the trial, I think, for most of us. Don't make unnecessary decisions in the midst of a trial. If you can't think straight, you'll agree to something you'll regret regret later. Don't make hasty decisions in the midst of a trial. And be careful the voices you listen to in the midst of a trial. Because an angel of light can come. And you think it's God. Because you want to escape the trial. You want to escape the pressure. And so you take... Heed to another voice and you end up in a worse place than you were when you started. The good news is you can always run back to God. Hallelujah. No matter what mistake you've made, no matter how many times you've fallen down, no matter what you said to who or how bad you hurt this one or how bad they hurt you, you can always run back to God. God is there with arms wide open. Sometimes when I'm going through trials, I can't see. I can't see what I can't see. And I don't know what I don't know. So I stay put. And wait for the Lord to speak. And Proverbs 11 24 says there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. Beloved, do not, please, please do not make life changing decisions that have the capacity and the potential to hurt a lot of people around you because you're going through a trial and you can't see straight and you can't think straight. Beloved, if you're going to make a life altering decision, moving away, uh, quitting school, uh, you know, there's all uh, divorcing your spouse. Don't do those things without counsel because you'll end up regretting it and you're hurt you you have to understand when you're going through a trial you have the uh, uh, capacity or it's more likely that when you're going through a trial you're gonna hurt other people while you're walking through it because hurting people hurt people So you have to resolve in your heart I am NOT going to take this out on the people around me I am NOT going to take it out on God I'm gonna keep walking that I'm gonna focus on number four I'm gonna focus on eternity This world's going to fade away. You're citizens of heaven. All of this is temporary. Paul said, press toward the goal to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Focus on eternity. Focus on faith. When I was uh, first coming up, I went through Rama Bible School, and Kenneth Hagin wrote this book called When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. And I was under such attack in my faith. You know, anytime you study anything, that you're going to get attacked in that area. And I was studying faith and so I had this little card actually my friend laminated it for me it was like all the steps what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost when you're going through a trial you got to get your mind on things of eternal value think it's your mind on things that are above and not on the things of this world get your mind on heaven get your mind on the word get your mind on the promises of God and stop looking at what the devil wants you to look at we also have to develop endurance Hebrews 12 and 1 Therefore, since we are encompassed with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We have to understand that we are not on a sprint. We're not in sprint mode. We're in marathon mode. And we have to treat life like a marathon. And in a marathon, you pace yourself and you keep your eyes on the prize. And even if your lungs begin to burn and your quads begin to burn, and even if your feet are sore, and even if you're out of breath and your blood sugar is low, you keep, the marathon runner keeps running. They don't quit the, the, the race before they get to the end. We need endurance. Paul compares the Christian life to a race. Enduring trials builds Our character I want to talk a little bit about endurance endurance we have to endure a lot of things we must get strong we must learn to endure how do we get there how do we begin to endure things that seem unendurable how do we continue to endure in the face of unbearable situations and circumstances how practically speaking because it's one thing for me to turn to you and say well you just you've just got to endure how? How? How do we strengthen ourselves so that when the fiery trial comes, we don't run away from God, we run to God. We don't run away from the people who love us, we run to the people that love us. We don't make dumb decisions. How do we position our hearts for this? Endurance matures us. James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy. I used to hate this scripture. I can tell by your reaction. Many of you do as well. I, I tried to erase it out of my Bible and just kidding, but really, I hate it. I, hey, I'm like, seriously, count it all joy, my brothers. And I said, this is just for the brothers. I don't have to do it. I tried as hard as I could to find a way of escape. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. I still don't like that verse. But there's a key in it. We've got to have endurance. Count it all joy, my brothers and my sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Or another translation says endurance. And let endurance have its full effect. Patience. That you may be perfect and complete. Lacking in nothing. Trials bring steadfastness to our hearts. So we we have to embrace the trial and look at it through eyes of joy. Endurance prepares us to handle the blessings God wants to pour out on us. See, the reason why some of you are going through trials is because God, again, wants to promote you, but he's got to make sure that you're ready to receive what he has for you on the next level. I'll prove it to you in scripture. Hebrews ten thirty six. for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. These are the things you have to think about when you're in a trial. You have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Many times our character have to be refined before God can take us to the next level. So how do you do this? Number one, pray in tongues. We spoke about this. Well, I speak about this a lot. Jude 20 says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit, it edifies, it builds up your inner man. And the Paul prayed that we will be strengthened in our inner man. Listen, our spirit needs to be strengthened. Sometimes our soul does the leading when our spirit man should be leading the way, not our soul. When we respond out of our soul, out of our mind, our will and our emotions, we're not responding most of the time the right way in the midst of a trial. God's given us the ability to reason, but when we're led by our emotions, we're usually not also being led by the spirit rejoicing, rejoicing. I'll never forget Romans five, three, and four. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Really, Paul, really. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. This is why sometimes you can't rescue people from trials. Sometimes people go through trials and you can pray for them. You can, but sometimes, sometimes, listen, you have to be led to the Lord because sometimes you could rescue them out of a trial they brought on themselves by the dumb choices that they made, and you're setting them back. They will have to go through the same or a similar trial again. You cannot play rescuer all the time. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will have you come and pay somebody's rent, but sometimes he'll say, you know what? Don't. Because they spent money on all them Gucci shoes. And they knew they had to pay rent. So there are times. There are times when you, when, you, when you, all you can do is pray. And there are times by reverse that we have to stop looking at men to meet our needs. When we're the ones that... I'm not saying not to ask. you got to be led by the Spirit. Endurance produces character. Trials will produce character. So if you rescue somebody out of a trial... And you're not supposed to rescue them then you're you're hindering their character development and they're gonna have to go through the same thing again and so so do we I'm a rescuer I like to rescue everybody out of their problems and I've learned the hard way that sometimes it's like the butterfly that comes out of the chrysalis the butterfly has to do the thing it has to come out by itself it has to struggle the struggle is how its wings are strengthened And if you help them out of that chrysalis and you do not allow them to struggle through their trial, then they will not be allowed, able to flap their wings and they will die. So sometimes we think we're helping people. We're actually doing them more harm. Number three, keep your mind on God and off the trial. Isaiah 26 verse three. If you keep your mind on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. I've tried it. It works. The 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 battle is keeping your mind on him because the devil wants you to put your mind on everything else. And he'll have 15 people call you to remind you of what you don't want to think about. Sometimes when I'm sick, I don't want to talk about it. How you are you still sick? Don't, Don't make me confess it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not focusing on being sick. I'm focusing on being healed. So stop asking me about my trial. Just keep praying for me. If the Lord, you know, the Lord will show you. If I'm going through a trial, I don't want you to ask me about it. I want you to pray about it. You should also pray without ceasing. Romans 12 and 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Many years ago, one of my mentors in the prophetic was telling me the story of how she had a real mind shift. And she was going through different things with her children and even she had cancer in her body and she was miraculously healed. But in that moment, her, like, she was an African-American woman. And her skin was actually yellow. Her skin had turned yellow. From the jaundice, and she she was a, a black lady, but her skin was had a yellow tint. That's how severe the jaundice was. It was very severe, and she was she was praying, and, and she was, this is a real big trial, having trouble with your children, your husband's left, now you've got this cancer, you you know your 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 liver's uh, you know eaten up, and 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 she she was praying in the Lord, and, and she was she was feeling sorry for herself, and the Lord said, why don't you act like you would act? If you had the breakthrough right now, why don't you rejoice at the level that you would rejoice if suddenly you were healed? If suddenly your children were all right? If suddenly the mind battle ceased? Why don't you act now and talk now and think now as if it already happened? Because in the spirit, it already has. It already belongs to you. The healing is there. It belongs to you. Your children, they know what they're doing. And so that's when I learned, you know what? You've got to keep rejoicing because it wards off the enemy and it keeps you strong. Humble yourself and lean on him entirely, and he'll get you through this. Whatever you're going through. You've got the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. you got the same Holy Ghost that Peter had and that Paul had. And the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And he is your comforter. He is the one who gives you wisdom in the midst of the trial. He is the one who brings the solutions, the provision. It's all in you. Somebody say, the kingdom of God is within me. It is. Amen. God is good I want to pray for you in just a moment because I know that some of you really are going through trials and you could use some prayer support listen what I've learned is you know I (laughs) I've heard a lot lately pride goes before the fall and people are talking about pride goes before the fall but that's not actually what the Bible says the Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall and when we We'll not receive help, and when we will not receive counsel, and when we run from God, we're manifesting with pride. And so today, if you have issues that you need a prayer for, I know sometimes people are shy. I get it. I used to be very shy. I know sometimes you don't want to get out of your seat because everybody might see you and think, well, I wonder what trial they're going through. We're not like this in our church. This is a no-judgment zone. There is no reason why any of you can't come and receive the help that you need at any time. Amen? So, we're going to call for a prayer in just a moment uh, for you, but I want us to take up our first fruits offering. This is First Sunday, and we take up the first fruits offering. And I want to just tell you a little bit about first fruits Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Listen closely. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Mm-hmm. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and then your vats will be bursting with wine. So the first fruits is the best offering that you can give. I am not against tithing. I believe tithing is a good guideline. I believe that giving 10% it's a good guideline for new believers. But if they could give 10% under the law, what can we do by grace? The Bible says that God is able to make all grace abound to you when you give. There's something about giving that unlocks grace. There's something about giving that unlocks provision. There's something about giving. It's called a law of the kingdom. You reap what you sow. God shall not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he'll also reap. Paul said by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. And so the concept of first fruits is all over the Bible, and it's not just an Old Testament thing. I know if a megachurch pastor has just come under massive attack because he has said, and you may have heard it, that as believers, New Testament believers, we no longer have to pay any attention to the Ten Commandments. And it's a controversy because the word of God is the word of God. And the, I mean, you don't do away with the Ten Commandments. You know, Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets, but, you know, he summed all the law and the, he summed it all up in love, which is what, which is what it is. But these things are happening, and we have to understand that what the Old Testament has to offer should not be thrown away. And the concept of first fruits, it activates your whole lump sum. It activates your whole lump sum. And you're operating in Matthew six thirty-three. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So today I want you to sow. Sow. And I want you to give a first fruits offering. The best, now the best, what I like about it is the best that you can give might not be as much as the best somebody else can give. Your best might not be a tithe. Your best might not be 10%. But if this will sanctify the rest of your money, if you'll do, don't just try it, but live it, you'll see. You'll see that God is not a man that he should lie. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN.